Hey, Katie, would you look at this pen? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a different meaning now. See, it would have worked if instead of uh, telling Megan to just look at the pen, uh, that she just slapped it down on the on the table like you do for me. <laughs> like, she would have had so many opportunities, <laughs> like, just while Megan's talking, just fucking tossing it. What vibe we want this session? It's downtime, so. So this arc's name is uh, The Lion King One and a Half. How much harm did you take? And let me give you your character sheet. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a day. You did get crushed with a pillar, but I think that was more. Yeah! I think it took. I think it took either four or five. Four. I took four harm. Okay. So you'll be able to take off unstable. That's the important part. Yeah. Because that's generally what getting hospital treatment will do for you. I am not dying. You are not going to incur my, more harm by existing. At least not like this. You're right. We're all dying. We're all dying. Well, except maybe Cooper. We're all dying, mother Except maybe away. Cooper. <laughs> Cooper's living his best life, which is great because he's been living his worst life for a really long fucking time. Cooper deserves that to be getting Cooper, his green Cooper card. Cooper deserves a, a, a lifelong vacation. It's so hilarious now that your characters are working for the U.S. government, now that Cooper, <laughs> who really could have used that in campaign one. <laughs> it's crazy how those coincidences just fly right past each other, and instead you work for a fucking a crazy magician. It happens. Happens. What goes on? Hit a goblin with your car? <laughs> it's a good life. <laughs> it's really indentured servitude. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the goblin or are we talking about the Game Boy demon? We're talking about Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> also indentured servitude. Also indentured servitude. <laughs> so. Solo sessions tend to be looser and more like a collection of scenes rather than one direct flowing kind of thing. So when I do it with Michael... It usually dips back and forth a little bit between like times and scenarios. So when do we? So when do we go after death? The wolf. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> when am I gonna have a character as cool as Puss in Boots? <laughs> Never. Guys, listen, you guys are great, but look, look, we we stay in our lane. We don't try to go above what we are. <laughs> All right. The territory of Shrek is forbidden. We don't go there. <laughs> we don't. That's too good. That land really is too far, far away. So, you get taken to the hospital. Unstable comes off. Bring yourself down to two harm, and then just, you know, just recognize that you're gonna be a little, gonna be a little sore. You still got some, you got some owies. I've been worse. Your, your treatment's gonna get paid for. Uh, by a, I, I don't even want to say a mysterious benefactor. Cheers, mate. Um... Do you want to talk to Scott at all? Because it seems like his visit here was a little um, unnecessary and also kind of just looked like keeping appearances. So he didn't really do anything in particular. Fuck the corporate boss. <laughs> I don't care about that guy. Don't care about Scott Callahan. Seems like a nice dude. You you know you're not like if he was nice. He would come and check on the civilian. That's fair. But he didn't. He checked on the employees, which is a good thing for a boss. But he didn't check on the civilian who got involved. 
So what if I can explode people? That's not the point here. You didn't even get to talk to the director himself. With somebody else. What's the director so busy about? He can't talk about the people that can explode other people. Yeah. I'm cool too. Technically, it's even better because the civilian thing's not long because Mahu didn't give the report when Scott showed up yet. Yeah, actually, so in this scenario and in this flashback, because um, I haven't had that direct conversation with uh, Maher yet, he's not writing the reports. It's Alicia. Um, and if it's not Alicia, there's another person that's above Alicia that would be writing these reports. So technically it's a joint effort. That's fair. But yeah, in this scenario, uh, Maher kind of just functions the way uh, any, uh, kind of like the way Nathan would it, within the department. Uh, uh, notwithstanding all of the other things that happened to Nathaniel. Those are not standard practice. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. My, my baby boy. My boy. Look how they massacred my boy. You have the opportunity to push for an early discharge if you want to. I don't know how good you are with pain. Because um, I know how good you were with pain. Uh, but no one's really going to... Like, there's no, no one's going to stop you, but there's also no governmental follow-up after this happens. More or less or not, uh, the hunters in the future are more comfortable with the idea that they do these things under the protective eye of the Department of Energy, and then the Department of Energy makes sure that it doesn't really, like, spread to the general public. But you guys are technically civilians, and you've never had experience with something like this before. Scott's now gives a, a director, as Margaret was. Yeah. Um, so what happens is a surprising lack of anything. Like, usually it'd be maybe follow-up, maybe conversations, maybe paperwork. Um, and really, you get, out of the, you get out of the hospital and you get a chance to collect yourself. There's not really anything going on. Like, you're not even going to get arrested. You technically killed two people. Not even technically. You I exploded them. I killed two people. Lloyd knows how many people died when I collapsed that place. Yes, yes. So I also killed all those guys indirectly, technically. Yeah. Or is it directly, considering I caused it? It does seem pretty direct, is the only thing. God knows how many counts of drinking and drugs. That's fair. It's a, a, a underage, underage under the influence. Alex wouldn't even know about that because he got blackout drugged yeah. almost at the beginning. Yeah, so you get out. There are a couple people you recognize. Um, some you don't. Some look like they are part of the regular hospital lobby. Um, a couple of them look a little bit too, not noticeable, but they, they don't act like they're from around here um like they're there for small amounts of business and they're on their way but a couple people you do recognize are scott callahan alicia and carmen duane carmen duane is talking with someone um pretty official looking and uh, alicia is just kind of like talking a little bit with one of the nurses with the hospital while scott just kind of checks his watch isn't quite sure what to do he'll strike up conversation uh, with really anybody that walks by, um, but for the most part, uh, he's just kind of waiting for a taxi to arrive. <laughs> Not even sure if he called it or if he expects someone to call it for him. He's just there. <laughs> and that's, a, that's another thing as well, is he seems like an amicable guy. It's just he also seems rather dull, almost. It's like someone with a lot of charisma, but not a lot of personality. It's been an indiscriminate amount of time. Definitely not more than a week. 
what do you want to do first? Well, first, because I realized I didn't do it before. I gotta go talk to Eliza, right? Alicia. Alicia. Yeah. She also goes by L or Ellie. Alright, so yeah, I'm gonna go over to talk to her for a moment. Okay, alright. So, um, Alicia is talking with uh, one of the nurses. Um, and um, you can tell there's actually, there, there's someone else with her that you didn't think was necessarily part of the conversation, but you know, um, according to the uh, the sheaf of paper that she's got in her hands, kind of just like alongside a clipboard um, with a pen, that she isn't necessarily part of the conversation, but there is a, a third party just taking things down and then writing notes. Um, Alicia herself is rather short, but, <laughs> but uh, the, the, the height and lankiness of this um this this woman is sort of notable she also wears a very long white lab coat um that she has buttoned up in the front she just has a general neutral expression on her face um you come over and they are kind of just talking about the nature of how the insurance is gonna work considering that this is a special type of claim Sounds like it's gonna get, and like you, you come in as you hear it, and the nurse is like, "Okay, all right, so we're going to file it as an an accident." And uh, you hear Lisa says, "Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, I'll be able to forward more paperwork along, uh, in I would say a few business days or so." Um, the nurse says, "Okay, all right. Well, whatever you need to do, we'll just put this up in the." And the record and the, the manager can take care of it. Nurse um, tip-taps away, um, back into the lobby, uh, walks past you, um, real fast, uh, asks about your uh, injuries, asks if you need a crutch or anything, or if you'll be okay to walk. Oh, I'll be fine. Okay. All right. Uh, and you come over, uh, and uh, Alicia, upon seeing you come over, um, she, uh, she she says something to the uh, the, the person next to her. Um, who just kind of like uh, gives a thumb up, thumbs up without uh, looking away from her papers, and Alicia walks over and she says, "Hey, how are you feeling?" Mm, been better, been worse, been worse. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. But but okay. currently, I can move, so it's like, it's good. Yeah, that's uh, it's really good to hear that that pillar landed straight on your spine, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had bones in my legs. Well, that's what that's what they are. Bones in my organs. Hmm. Yikes. I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you were able to recover from that. Hopefully it clears up quickly. Uh, she just looks a little, uh, she looks a little lost and she says, I'm not very, uh, good with, uh, standard medicine, so I have no idea how long that'll actually take. Uh, I guess it depends on the severity of the actual damage. Mm, For example, this don't grow back naturally. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, and uh, she uh, she she points up a finger uh, back at her, uh, back at the person behind her. She says, uh, "If any uh, if any complications do come up, um, we have an on-site doctor. But for the most part, uh, and obviously, you know, if you need to go to the doctor later in the year, file any other claims, uh, and she she like starts to fish around. She says, um, "I have the cheaper business cards. Um, I wrote the claim number down." Um, insurance has been really getting on the upper upper levels, and uh, in case there's another accident, I don't want anybody getting denied. Alright, I'll keep that in mind. Um, so, I'm used to people having a lot of questions. 
and it strikes me as a little it, it it's a little odd to me at least or at least it's unusual um that you really haven't asked many um she says i, I know that this was probably a lot to handle but from what i saw people can't just do and she like makes the makes like wiggly finger motions <laughs> and then like takes those wiggly fingers and like stretches something <laughs> open in a way <laughs> like those people can't do that. You don't believe her. That's the problem. <laughs> Why did you make the same hand expression? I thought we were getting somewhere. I was, <laughs> I was mimicking the vines. Um, so if this is a matter of you, you don't, you don't want to ask questions because you're worried about people asking questions about yourself. Um, I can say if you don't want to talk about what you are, you don't have to talk about what you are. If you would like information about, she's like, what, any context at all for uh, everything that's been going on, it isn't transactional. You don't have to provide information for information, especially since had you not been where you were, uh, um, things could have gotten a lot worse and people could have gotten really hurt. And she, you know, she just kind of like looks over a little bit at, uh, uh, across the courtyard, uh, Carmen, who is uh, still talking with a different uh, woman in official clothing. It's kind of funny in a way, considering if they hadn't drugged me at like the beginning of the day, I would have probably left eventually. So that whole scenario wouldn't have happened if they didn't start. Oh. You said, um, did you get drugged by a, a cultist? That one's a little unclear. Okay. All right. I didn't see him with the cultist when we were down there. Okay. His name is Cupid. Cupid. I didn't get it either. No, I mean, I, I get I get the idea of it. I'm unsure. So probably, I don't even know how important it is to look into that. Well, the issue is I don't know if he was a cultist or if he was just someone who offered to sell the drugs and keep part of the profits. That's fair. No, I don't think it was, actually, because he didn't make me pay or anything. Hmm. Arguably, I ended up with more money afterwards. Seems like the person that you, uh... You and your two friends had tracked down. It seems like they were most of the distribution, either for that day or that week, because um, we did try to do a bit of a clean sweep when it came to the vendors. Um, the festival shut down. Like it was, it, it it had to be. There was really no way we could let that continue on, especially with like the collapse that happened and the fact that it collapsed a house over top of that. We'll be back up next year. That depends. Um, I mean, it is Napa country. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it's a different venue, or it's uh, it's different circumstances. It's just a chance. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. You know, fest- festivals or festivals, but annual festivals tend to tend to bring in a gathering of people, regardless of who's running it. Oh, yeah, but you can get away with a lot of that festival. It draws even more people in. Yeah, she says that's. Uh, that's the, the the one concern we do have, in addition to the fact that if um, what Johanna said is true, um, that means that this, this cult could not just be localized. There could be people all over the place. International, global. Yeah. Even, even really one outside of this group could cause an issue, and if this group is potentially more than a millennia old... There's there's nothing that says that it's not 
it's not going to it's going to be extremely hard to get rid of and getting rid of it may actually be an impossibility oh there is a question yeah uh based off the conversation you just had when you first appeared and the fact that a bunch of people aren't dead did you somehow solve the fate problem um so the fate issue is a matter of uh, essentially revenge and appeasement and um i will actually have to thank johannes for this um we got proof not only that someone had killed a fae so we did have that confirmation we also got the confirmation that the person who did it doesn't they're not just a regular human humans that involve themselves in magic while by its own standards can seem common it's is incredibly uncommon. Um, it's a it's a matter of the concept of when you are magical, you end up running into magical people because that's just kind of how it works. Um, but for the majority of humanity, um, magic isn't even something that they know about, you know, or believe in really. So what happens is a human that was magical killing a fae is a bit different from a human just attacking the Fae. Because Fae are also supposed to be on some level unkillable. Not necessarily true, but it's neither here nor there. What that means, though, is getting the head of Drew and hopefully being able to have someone other than me present it to Lord Oberon will mean that he will take it as an exception to the rule. Especially since they were masquerading under the worship of a uh, a Roman god. And this Lord Oberon, I guess, is the king. Yes, yes. She she confirms. Uh, she's uh, He's the leader of all Fae. Has been since really the beginning of our history on Fae. Uh, and is, by theory, um, the most powerful out of all of them. Huh. There could have been many... No, no. There, 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 could have, there could have been many instances where a situation like this with uh with revenge uh could have very well ended humanity early um but in terms of how earth years work compared to fey it does seem few and far in between the only other person who would have been at the same power level or more is no longer in the fey courts from what i can understand how much do you know about uh the midsummer night's dream like lineup do you know about like puck or Queen Tatiana. I've heard of that one. Queen Tatiana, although this will be two in a row for uh, weird coincidences, Queen Tatiana is rumored to be completely dead. And a Fae dying is already sort of its own impossibility. Um, the other and it's more interesting that's Queen. She had the same, if not more, of an uh, attunement to the power that drives magic in this world. Uh, most likely more so than him. And so, she, so she may have been stronger? She may have been. She was at the very least on equal levels. Um, and the problem being with that is a presence like that doesn't go unnoticed or silent within the Fae world. And Fae that, you know, pass on in their own form, if they have a corporeal form, Fae that pass on in... Fae realm 
they they just go to a different part and then the, there's there's a cycle that they go through and most of the time they just come back um, but that entire process is supposed to be trackable don't tell me how I don't know yet uh, working on it but that would imply that Queen Tatiana although having died would have died in a way that makes her untrackable or she died on human ground. But what's that have to do with anything? Dying on human ground uh, for a fae is uh, very similar to what would happen if a human died in the fae world. When when humans and fae pass on in their own respective realms, um, their the reality remains stable. When when this happens and when it's when it does what it's supposed to do there is a regular passing on uh and then there is some form of a uh, a comeback um this is also how you get ghosts ghosts are actually a, a natural process of this although it isn't something that can happen for everybody but because of how important those processes are to the reality of the world that you live in and that they live in, dying in the wrong realm, essentially, it, it, I can only assume that there is some reason why it would render you to nothingness. And I, if I had to make any guesses, I would say it would be probably to prevent full-scale destruction or a bending of the laws of reality, so much so that it could cause, I don't know, a black hole. I, either way, you don't come back from that well as far as people know as far as people know um not to mention that um death and the perception of death are extremely tricky people can appear to die when they uh really have just moved into a different area or different form it's uh also similar to how they uh they can be hard to track if they're in human realms and humans that go into the fey realm very often just get forgotten about Hmm. It's a little dark. Um, but I, I appreciate you asking. Uh, I hope that helped a little bit. I guess it did. Yeah. It would be easier if we had more concrete information, but they haven't been awake in 500 year Earth years. Last couple of years they've been awake. Guess they sleep for a while. Yeah. Every once in a while. Because most... I don't even know what they do. I'll be totally honest. It becomes a dark zone I imagine of unmonitorability. Probably whenever happens. they want. Probably whenever they want. Though the lore and world history would indicate that at least some fae don't necessarily have to abide by it. Um, this is how you get certain fae just coming out into Earth and coming back. But the dormancy is very obviously gone when things like this start happening. Um, this is not the first close call that we have had to deal with in the past. Um, though this has been the closest, and the probably the, the highest stakes so far. Hmm. How did you do the, the shortcut thing? That took me forever to figure out. Oh. I can only technically do it in a car, too. I, it's that? so much easier to do it on an interstate as well. If I try to do it on any curvy roads, I might end up throwing myself off a cliff. Well, it took me a little more getting used to, but after 
bit of time, I, I learned how to walk between the worlds. It, as you saw, it cuts time quite easily. And it's a lot shorter. Though I will admit when I did it in that situation, it took a little more out of me. I can't tell if that was because we took so many people or if that was because of my current state. Mm. My abilities are a little iffy, to say the least. And you've had them for how long? A while. A while. Well, sure it is strange, but it's not the strangest thing I've heard of. Definitely probably not the strangest thing she's heard of either. Um, so, bringing everything to the present moment. The best person that you could probably talk to, if you had any larger, deeper questions, is most likely, and she points over, it's going to be her. Mm. Currently talking to Carmen right now, and um, I'm actually going to see if I can just make sure she's alright, because she seems to be pretty rattled. Um, and Cammy's still in the hospital, because it turns out um, only one of them was indeed magical. But I am new to this. I've got uh, it. Despite having come into this uh, practice uh, rather young, I still have a lot to learn. Uh, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to learn all of it in one go. But if there's anyone that knows almost anything, at least in my perspective, mm-hmm. it's her. With that, Carmen appears to break away from the conversation. And, um... Oh. Oh. Uh, One more thing real quick, though. What's up? Well, you know how you said you owe me a favor? Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be kind of difficult for me to get that favor if I don't have your number. So. Oh, shit. Okay, this is this is not a rejection. Mm-hmm. When we went through the pillar and everything underneath, my phone got crushed by a bunch of the other fucking stuff we were doing, and the fact that somebody almost threw me across the room. Um, I should be able to keep my SIM card. If I keep the same account with Verizon, though, so I'm going to write it down. You're probably not going to be able to call me immediately. <laughs> I will have to ask Margaret for a new phone. That's fine. Okay. All right. She says, like, I, I didn't want to, because I had no idea how to explain that uh, without being honest. And this is, like, uh, she just takes out another cheap business card and is like, okay, this one doesn't have my personal number. You got a pen? By the way, um, this is me as a DM. Did you... You're, you're checked out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. What, what are you wearing? Because <laughs> they can give you, like, I guess... What do you do in this scenario? They're not going to send you out into November weather cold. Well, I'm going to say... Show up jacketless and shirtless. I'm going to... They're not going to put you out in that. I'm going to say, though, that you're in very boxy, uh, like big unfitting kind of clothing though you still have your pants but do you have a, a pen on you yeah i took it but i took it by accident i was signing papers okay all right uh fantastic and uh she uh uh scribbles it down and hands it over as she's scribbling it down she just hears a rip <laughs> 
what? Okay, so I'll get there in a second. Okay, all right, uh, understandable. Um, so she um, she writes it down. She hands it back over, and she says, "I'm going to try and um, flag down Carmen before she heads out because I know she does. Uh, she saw her parents for a little bit, but um, we had wanted to ask her about questioning." Um, One more second. Okay. All right. Yeah. He gives her a piece of the shirt that he had. Has my number on it. I didn't have paper. I, I had more business cards. That you. It's also a really big shirt. It is a very big shirt. Uh, okay. Once they gave it to me, I imagined it was mine. So. If not, it then... just scrawled on the fabric. You go <laughs> over it several times. Just hold on. Zero, one, three, eight. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You you really gotta put make the figure eight several times until the ink gets into the fabric. Uh, here you go. Uh, sorry. And I imagine writing it on my back's not gonna do much. No, yeah, and um, that should probably be left alone for a little while until uh, you no longer feel like you had a pillar thrown on you. I didn't get I didn't get thrown across the room if I'm completely honest like underneath that thing um I did fall and it just cracked it immediately which is like the seventh phone that that has happened to me too I have really just I don't know I I've, I've really bad luck with phones it's okay I used to have really bad luck too <laughs> I so- do get rid of it are you referring to your future self? Because if you do, I'm gonna have you make just a little bit, little bit of a nosebleed. It's not gonna be anything. It's not gonna be anything at all. <laughs> you can reference your future self. I'm totally okay with it. Your nose does bleed a little bit. Oh, was that my past self or my future self? I have it. But hey, it's fine. All right. I crack too. All right. Um. I. You said you're gonna go talk to that woman. Yes, I am very glad that not as many people got hurt as I thought were going to, and I probably already expressed it before, but I want you to know that I am genuinely grateful for your help. I'm gonna take off. All right. Hopefully, see you around. Yeah. Uh, and she uh she walks down over to Carmen who was uh, just uh, talking with uh, a couple people, uh, obviously her parents um, and another set of parents um, over by one of the doors. And Alicia just kind of like you see her uh, jog up a little bit and uh, make a greeting and then start going into conversation both with her and what are most likely the parents of Carmen and Cammie. Uh, and Scott has gotten a cab. These are things that have happened around, around in the background. Hi. Doctor, um... <laughs> the person you don't know with the clipboard, um... Mrs. Notson. <laughs> the person, um, the person with the clipboard, um, has begun to, uh, just kind of, like, pack a few things up. Um, she had a small conversation with Scott uh, before uh, a car comes up. This is all things that are happening on the background. Um, And when Carmen leaves, you see Scott Callahan go over to the woman that was talking to Carmen. 
um, and they have a, uh, a a small, just a regular back and forth, um, and he just kind of look. She she doesn't look super enthused, so he just abandons her early and uh, goes to get in the cab. Um, and Doctor Robinson uh, sticks around for a little bit. You can tell that, like, based on the fact that there are a couple company cars, like, still within the parking lot, that he didn't necessarily need to take a cab. He may have just wanted to to get some rest. And Dr. Robinson and the other one are probably going to stick around for maybe a little bit more and then pack up and head out. All right. Is there anything you would like to do, or should we switch to uh, a future scene? Uh, just ex- we could just exist in the space for a second. It would be nice if there were any other players. <laughs> It'd be so much easier because you you could just visit them as well. They'd be easy. Um, he most likely, considering the damage he had done to him, had some form of blood work done, right? Oh, most likely, yeah. Who does he talk to about that? Because. Because he just, he's always kind of assumed he wasn't you, human. You That's why he just kind of wants to check so if they know. So your blood work that gets checked, there is no there is no test for are you human or not. But you do get your blood work back printed to you. Um, your vitamins are all fucked up. What do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have just a random... I'm going to embody a random doctor. Uh, he's going to be... Uh, he's going to be old... He's got uh, he's got curly hair, um, and a big, big, bushy mustache. Uh, and he just looks at you and goes, "Oh, so, what do you eat, son?" Well, I eat a little bit of everything, but considering what happened last night, I don't think I eat much of anything. Okay. A lot of weird things happened last night, so. We found a lot of substances in your uh. In your system there. Uh, enough to... Enough to put a horse to sleep. We did a... We did a detox and you seem just about as okay as you were before. Uh, and I guess that's just how youth works. But, uh... You're taking care of yourself? Yeah, I'm fine. It was... It was just the one night. That should have affected you even more then. Because that would imply you don't have any form of tolerance. Well, considering I was... You're you're 18 years old. That's correct. This takes place eight years at the start of the campaign, right? I gotta do math quick, sorry. You would have just turned 18 again. Nope. No? Off by one. Oh, 19. 19. Okay, so you're 19. 19. I I only ask because we tried to look up your previous uh, pediatrician, considering you've only been, you were just a a minor about a a year ago, and we couldn't find anything. We couldn't even find any previous medical records. Yeah, they're probably going to be a little hard to find. Okay. Considering I don't usually go. You have, um... He just kind of he uh, puts the um puts the papers with your blood work down. Um, no shots. You could you could see them no. now. There's a bunch of different like little tick marks for um things that would normally indicate like some form of 
imbalance or potentially a disease. Um, not necessarily a you have this, but more of a you should ch get this checked out. Uh, and it, they just like line the page. Uh, he sets that. He sets that down. He says, um, "Can I know, still reckon? If you uh, if you need somewhere to go to, or you need uh, help with anything, there are many resources that we can refer you out to. Are you? Do you have your own place to live? Yeah, and I was a construction manager. I don't know if I still have that job now. I think I should. One second. He looks at his phone." I can write you a work note. Although, uh, this, uh, when's your usual schedule? Well, we were celebrating finishing during the whole, during the whole rave thing. Basically, yeah, basically over, um, basically over Halloween. On Halloween, so... Were we supposed to start a new project? It really depends. So, it's not uncommon, I would think. To take some vacation days off. Let me phrase that. Was Alex, as the construction manager, supposed to do stuff? You were supposed to come in and talk about, like, just how it went and regroup for the next project that you guys were supposed to bid on. And you are a little late on that. Not to mention the fact that um, you haven't contacted them yet to tell them what happened. So you've just been kind of MIA. Not necessarily to your fault, um, because there were a bunch of people that came in with you and uh, did not check up on you, because you were in one place for like 12 some hours, um, but the people are worried, and most of them are people that are uh, within your workplace. But sir, you don't have anything to worry about. I have my own place. I have a car. I have a job at the moment. <laughs> Um, I've kind of gotten accustomed. I've just had no reason to ever go to a pediatrician of any sort. He looks at you with an expression that is just like so genuinely sad. Not, not in himself, but for you and for anyone that would have to put that out there as a description. Um, because he's been suspecting for a little while that you just, like, don't have any medical records like that because you never went to a pediatrician. Um, and he, um, he, he takes a little piece of paper and he says, um, I'll get that work, I'll get that work note written up for you. You won't have any issues. Um, but, uh, he, uh, he writes down uh, a number and a little bit of, uh, and a little, a little bit of a little blurb underneath that. He says, uh, if you need any, like, not, not like prescriptions or anything like that, I don't, I don't feel that comfortable doing something like that, but if you need anything, you can take this number. My daughter and I had a small practice, uh, that went around for a little while, like a Meals on Wheels, but for more just general medical treatment and checkup. I don't know if she still does that, but I do know that it can be really hard to get the basic care that you need. Um, and I want you to know that if you ever do need anything, my name is Dr. Martin. I do live here in Southern California. 
My daughter lives somewhere in Arkansas, but she travels all over the place. So it's just consider it uh, a lifeline, something you can use if you need it, or if you just want to talk. You seem like a good kid. I don't know what's happened to you, but I don't think it, in this case, I don't think it should have. Thanks. Uh, he lets you go and gives you the paperwork. And that paperwork is, uh, however fucked up your levels are, and how many things you do need to get checked up on, it doesn't really indicate anything that you could determine to figure out your... whatever the fuck is going on with you. Like, I'm tolerant. That's about all I know. Yeah. Apparently I can just stand drugs and alcohol that put horses to sleep. You've got a good white blood cell count. Sugar's alright. A bunch of other stuff is fucked up, but like, nothing that really indicates uh, you're you're not a human. Why I have diagnosed it. You, sh- you should be dying. Why are your vitals okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> you're the doctor. You tell me. I don't know. Don't finish that horse tranquilizer. How <laughs> <laughs> are you going to finish that? <laughs> All right. He does have to... He does have to call someone to come get him. He does have to call someone to get, get him. Do you have a phone? He does. He does? Yeah. Did you hang on to it? What do you like think a, is strapped? Yeah, fair. Like He's still been strapping stuff to him. Still been strapping stuff to him. Okay, so he'd be able to call for a ride. Um, you're also... Uh, I will say one thing. Mm-hmm. He will probably have to borrow someone's phone because I can almost guarantee you it's dead. Because yes. <laughs> it has at least been a couple days. I can't wait for you to turn your phone back on and see the immense amounts of social media posts that are like, at the rave. I'm blind. Still at the rave. (laughs) I'm blind. Still at the rave. I'm blind. You're playing party rock again. I'm hungry. (laughs) Still at the rave. I'm blind. Update. I wasn't blind. I just couldn't feel my face. (laughs) I wasn't blind. I just forgot I had eyes. My eyes were closed. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I think that's sleeping. Nah, I only do that standing up. Those two, um, those two people are still there, now talking to each other. Was the scientist doctor looking lady? The other one got uh, red hair, uh, but it, it looks more. Um, Carmen's may have been more like red, red. Yeah. This this is more of a, a natural auburn kind of ginger, and they're talking a little bit, and you can see that like. The other one with like the more the palish straws co- colored hair just kind of like looks over at you and like looks back at her and it's like without stopping talking, um, which is more or less an indication of she probably knows something's weird with you and she probably is in on the situation. But as far as you know, uh, she she looks like she might not be the kind of person that'll definitely uh, take take you in for experimentation and dissection. <laughs> as far as as far as you're aware, because uh, people don't just do that; they don't just uh, start dismembering you to examine your organs. People have never abducted me to to dissect me. Yeah, who would do that? Who would even do that? You walk up to the scientist. <laughs> 
I've been abducted before, just not for dissection. Technically, you walk up to the scientists, but one of them is most definitely dressed like uh, they walked out of Dexter's laboratory and then just like, I, I don't know, the gave, dress themself, like... gave themselves a very strange aura. Yzma from Emperor's New Groove in a scientist outfit. Yeah, some something something similar to that. The, the that kind of the, aura. Uh, with a, the aura without the age. It's a... It's a Clunk. It's a, for, <laughs> it's a foreboding kind of coldness. Like, the world is her science experiment. The world is her um, baking soda volcano. Um, you, you walk over as you hear that same uh, blonde woman just very clearly go, Oh, he's here. Hey there. Hello. You okay? Yeah. All right. Why wouldn't I be okay? No reason. She speaks in a, a long, low, kind of cool drawl. Um, and the other one is uh, just kind of processing, I think, a little bit. How to start this conversation, considering. And you can tell... Now, based on the fact that uh, you're able to see this uniform up front, um, it is 100% whatever place Maher works at. Oh, shit, the cop! <laughs> um, but, well, this one, this, this one feels a little bit too clean cut to just be some office worker. So your, <laughs> your innate fear of, oh, fuck, is this actually a fed, is not entirely unfounded in this, in this scenario. <laughs> but right now you're just kind of getting sized up. Um, and, do- and Dr. Robinson, uh... Says, you said it! <laughs> Dr. Robinson will introduce herself. And she's just gonna say, My name is Dr. Robinson. My name is Alex. That's it. <laughs> Alex. Mm-hmm. What is your blood type? One second. <laughs> it didn't t- test for your blood type. I don't know. She write something down. You don't see what she writes down. I don't know, according, according to this, I have a list of things I should get checked out. So. Oh, no, I have that as well. I was just hoping maybe somebody told you or you just innately knew. Nope. My blood type is O negative. Is O negative the one where you just give it to everybody? Or is it, or is it the very specific one? It's so hard playing characters that are smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> I think O negative is the one where you give it to everybody. Most don't quote me on that, but I think it is. Possibly. Oh, yeah. This is how you can tell us Alex from the past, because instead of, uh, before, mm-hmm. we now have... When I wrote Alex's original stuff, I had slight masochist listed. Slight. Just a little bit. Just, just, just for spice. So Alex Flavor. is still okay with pain and such. Yeah. Um... Just not at the level he was. Pretty good. Well, it will be. <laughs> Dr. Robinson, uh, flips through, uh... Some uh, some papers uh, that she has, and she says, um, I actually, if you weren't busy, had a couple of questions. Not for right now, but maybe for later, for my own research. Um, one of the first being, could you sign this consent form? And the other one's just like, I, I don't think it's the time for that. And she's like, well, you know. Wait, let me look at, let me look right at the here. list real quick at this time frame. <laughs> yeah. Not, can you read this? Can you sign this consent form? Ah, he was technically, at this point, he was a prosecutor for a short amount of time. So he, so he is looking it over. Um, 
So in this scenario, it's not necessarily like a power of attorney, but what it is, is it is a, uh, I don't even know how to describe it or if it's even a thing, but in this, it could be a thing in this day, context, so. uh, in the event of an emergency or whatever reasonable cause is, this would label uh, Dr. Francesca Robinson as your immediate PCP and emergency care provider, which also gives her the opportunity to uh, provide treatment if you are unconscious or unable to respond. What's PCP? Primary care physician. Uh, uh, not the other stuff that's showing up on your charts. Oh. Is she the one that um, Alicia pointed to before about the good doctor? Um, yes, actually. In referring to the doctor, um, she did point to point to her. Oh, that's it. He signs it. <laughs> I don't know. If that's a good idea. Oh, good. He's reading it. Signs it. <laughs> Wonderful. That was that was rather rather easy. Good, good, good. She says, um. Uh, I'm going to leave. It was very nice meeting you, but I have a a lot to go over, so unless you have any pressing questions, I'm, uh, I'm actually rather hungry, and I think I may, uh, take myself out for something to drink. She's gonna go get it. She's gonna go get that, she's gonna go get that smoothie. (laughs) You know it. (laughs) We all know it. Um, and she turns over, and she says, um, if you have any uh further further issues with the uh, she's like no i i know um it looks it looks like it was taken care of um but i will i will call you and let you know she says okay all right everyone have a nice night and she just you know wander wanders away slowly you as well. a little a little floatily seems to be just how she walks <laughs> not a care in the world head in the sky Incredibly, uh, incredibly intelligent, um, master international surgeon. Oh, no offense to her. You don't want to think that the way she, she seems to carry herself, she's as good as a doctor, people say. Oh, the woman in front of you, she just, uh, she coughs a little bit and she says, I, I found that a lot of the people that have those larger capabilities tend to fall on the more eccentric side of things. Um, suppose it, it comes with the stress. Med school will do that to you. Uh, I, I witnessed that firsthand. Oh, you went to med school. Yes, I'm actually um, I'm still in school for my masters. Shouldn't be too long before I uh, get that. Wait, so you're not a cop? Not necessary. I'm not gonna report you for being on drugs, especially since it seems like some of that wasn't consensual. I would even say a good portion of it wasn't. Underage drinking isn't a good thing, obviously. It, it, it messes with the brain, it clouds the judgment, it can cause worse reaction times and terrible decisions, but if this is... If your charts say what they do, you were... You were drugged very, very early, and then spent 12 hours not in control of your own faculties. No one can really blame you for everything that happened when it comes to the fact that you ingested substances. There's a lot of good that you did as well. Obviously, you got to take care of yourself, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry that much because we're in a, we're in a bit of a delicate situation. And if this were a proper 
crime investigation with regular circumstances, I'd understand, but... So, in, res- in response to, um... Magic. In response to Alex, basically, like, having the situation a little bit more explained to him, because it it really does seem a little bit like, yeah, you did do some of that of your own accord, but there is a very large amount of time that you don't actually know what happened, and not only did you not really have people check in on you, but you were kind of enabled in this behavior that wasn't necessarily like, it was a choice you should have been able to make, but because that was kind of taken from you, you just stayed in that rave club for 12 hours, which in any other circumstance you wouldn't have done. Um, how does Alex feel? And does he have a reaction? Because mm. this is also coming hot off of the heels of um, that person, Dr. Martin, um, you know, asking you if you needed help, if you were okay, you know? This is a lot of people, in terms of what usually happens, which is fucking nothing, this is a lot of people picking up that something's wrong, not just in terms of your physiology and your non-humanness, but also in terms of your situation and going, are you okay? And I don't know how he would react to this specifically, but this is a, this is two for two now. This is the same day, potentially even the same hour. Kind of weird Alex, because normally he leaves this stuff by itself. Yeah. So the fact that multiple people haven't... Slightly getting to him. Mm-hmm. But if if you need uh, if you think you need a second to process that as well, I do have um, uh, someone does come up to the both of you um, before <laughs> before the person you're talking to can introduce herself, um, and it's uh, it's Carmen, and you can see uh, if you look over her shoulder, Alicia is now talking to um, the parents of uh, Cammy. It appears, yeah. Um, although Carmen's parents are still there. Um, and she says, um, I, uh, I, I didn't get the, I didn't get the chance to say thank you, so I wanted to say thank you to both of you for, uh, uh, helping the way that you did. I, um, uh, I did not, I, I'm, 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 I know I'm not supposed to perform magic in public, and I didn't think the glamour was going to be something that was noticeable, but, uh, anyways, everything's okay, and, um, I wanted to let you know that Cammy is okay as well, um, and she is, um, very happy and grateful for the help you guys were able to provide. I don't know if we would have been alive if you guys hadn't... I haven't been able to talk to any of the other people that you were with, so um, if I end up going home with my parents, just let them know if you can. Um, yeah, sure. Okay, uh, thank you. And uh, she 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 turns, she turns over uh, to the other part of the conversation, uh, and she says, um, if anything wears off or reverses or a- anything like that in terms of the... And she just, like, gestures in not really any sort of way. Glamour um, finds magic? I don't know any more because hand signs. She says, if anything reverses itself and, and you need me to do the thing again, I, I can most definitely do it. Um, and uh, you, you have you have my number and you, you know where I'm staying with my parents. But uh, thank you and I, I will leave. Be safe. She's gonna, um, she's gonna run back over to, um, her parents' car, and it looks as though they, uh, uh, Cammy's parents are sticking around for a little bit, but their parents look a little tired. They're really, really happy that their kid is okay. Um, they're probably gonna take her home, so you see that, you see her get into the back seat of the car, and just, uh, she, she looks, she looks out the window, and she gives a little peace sign, and she, uh, and then the car drives away. <laughs> 
the the other one's still there. You just hear her like sigh a little bit, not necessarily like any sort of dramatic stuff, but just like a indication of releasing of tension. Kind of like how um, I have issues regulating my own breath. So every once in a while, I'll realize, oh shit, I should really breathe right now, and I'll take a really deep breath and let it go. I should breathe. This is, this is similar to the concept of all of a sudden being aware of how much tension you're holding on to, and physically trying to release that. Although it won't release all of it, it's, it's an attempt. What is it? I, uh... It happens a lot for many different reasons, but uh, the job tends to get to you. I didn't get the chance to um, mention my name. Um, since I already know yours, I feel a little bit bad about the exchange, but um, she says, uh, Oh, Chante. Uh, my name is Margaret Chanet. Alex. Well, you already know that. She puts, her, puts, a, puts a, a, a soft hand out. Um, and, it. yeah, in a little bit of what wouldn't matter to Alex in that moment, but matters for the sake of canon, her dress is completely different from the Margot that we knew. Um, there's no hat, there's no glasses, although no her, hat. her eye, no hat, <laughs> no, no wonderful wide brimmed black Carmen Diego oh, hat. <laughs> I know it's so iconic. Her, her hair is a little bit shorter. Where Margot's hair uh, went to about the length that my hair does, this one cuts at about the shoulders. Uh, and since it's puffy, it sometimes bounces up a little bit above that. She doesn't even have dental. She doesn't even have dental. She's salaried with no benefits. She can buy her own benefits, but what the fuck does that mean? It means no benefits. <laughs> what if we do? If there, is any, if there is anyone within this department that would attempt to organize a union... You're fucking looking at her. Fucking sucks. Fuck you, Scott Callahan. <laughs> I know he didn't do it specifically, but fuck him. I like Scott. What's the first bit. thing you're doing? No unions. No you. No unions. Second rule I'm putting in: no one can overturn rule one. <laughs> Boom. What if a bunch of us say that we won't do that? Uh, 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 uh. Rule number two. <laughs> no overturning rule number one. <laughs> no union backsies. Rule number three. No talking about rule number one, except for the exception of rule number two. Oh, or rule number four, which is I get to talk about it because I'm really proud of it. Rule number four. I get to stay direct until I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally it. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to hit super well when we get back to the future. Um, because guess who's director now again? <laughs> He's fucking back. I'm the director again. And now, rule number five once more. <laughs> I'm the director until I say. Um, okay. So. Uh, I, I'm really off track this for a second. Introduced, uh, introduced herself, uh, gave her your name. Her clothing is different. So, um, what Mar Margot mostly wore was, um, monochromatic. Uh, it was usually... Black and white clothing, uh, and it was usually very formal. This is still the standard uniform, but she doesn't wear an overcoat. She doesn't really wear an over jacket. Um, she's also visibly strapped, which is not not something um, that uh, you would have noticed on future Margot. Though the amount of firepower that she did have is probably more so, considering that coat had grenades in it. Um, and 
She's got, uh, just, it looks like more, not casual, but if you took the standard uniform and went, well, I'm just gonna, I, I'm gonna try and make it my own. Um, but through it all. <laughs> but, uh, it's more the, I would say the, the posture that indicates that she is a little bit above, uh, what you would consider to be Maher's, not Maher's station, but possibly, uh, a station of, uh, probably Alicia. Probably Alicia. Because at this point, um, Margaret is not at the level of the director at all. She would be on an equal level to, if you were to join this group, to you guys and to Maher, uh, himself. Alicia isn't necessarily lower, but Alicia also works more on a contract basis. Um, the reason she's not an employee is she asked to work there. She's technically, um, one of her legal guardians works within that department, and it is close enough to where there would be a conflict of interest if she were to be hired. As such, although she wants to work for them, there are workarounds that they had to give to her. But yes, that is the uh, the difference in description. Last thing as well, um, Margaret's eyes, uh, she did have glasses, uh, future one, were brown. These are more of a bright, like, yellow gold, and she does not wear glasses. So I, I can assume that you're used to this, but not the opposite question. Do you have anything you want to ask me? Hmm. You look like you slightly wanted to talk. A little bit, um, more so Dr. Robinson. I don't know why she thought it would be a good idea to ask me if I could get you to sign those papers, considering I've really not met you that much. Well, Alicia always said how good she was, so I just kind of signed it anyway. Is that really why you signed it, or...? Yeah. I figured she probably knows more than I do, so... Plus, you wouldn't have her in here if she couldn't be trusted. Oh, absolutely. And that is why I signed. Hmm. As I'm much as my decision might... process that just for a moment and be like, just going to move on. As much as it may seem like my decision making may be horrible. <laughs> or instinct based. Yeah. I do give thought. And you, and you get thought. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know like what the first question she would ask is because <laughs> this is also a different uh, flavor of uh, Margo. This is a different flavor of Margo, but this is also a different flavor of scientist um, yep. because uh, Doctor Robinson will just straight up ask if she can see your kidneys. Um, Alicia isn't a scientist, but she's curious, so she asks your normal everyday person questions, and Margo is that perfect balance in between of. Feeling like it's too rude to just start asking questions about your physiology, but really does want to know and wants to know how much you know and if you know anything about yourself. She considers your offer for a moment and, and like, kind of parses it over and she says, um, Well, my first question is probably going to be um, a lot happened mm -hmm. just recently. Are you surprised at all? What are your feelings about all of this? About the cult and everything? Just everything that's happened, yeah. You don't have to 
answer with specifics, but um, I don't often get an outside perspective on these types of things, considering how used to it I am. Well, I suppose... It's not a question about your physiology. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> cannibalistic cultists was not what I was expecting to see at all that day. I honestly thought it was just going to be some form of kidnapping in general. That's how I feel about it. It's not normal, but it's not the weirdest thing either. I was saying there are plenty of people who believe, or at least in the older times, that if you eat some someone, you can gain their power, their, their physiology and such. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very uh, large and archaic theory. But as for am I that surprised? Mm-hmm. Not as much as I should be, I guess, is the better question. There's not necessarily one type of correct reaction to something like this, but it does make sense that you would feel a little bit odd at your lack of intense emotion. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's anything to be too concerned about. Uh some some people just take these things better. Well, well, like I said, I'm not devoid of a lack of emotion or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just in terms of what they were doing, I'm not that surprised. I was more surprised it was happening at that time. Hmm. I thought at this point, you already know what I can do. I'm not really that surprised if there are supernatural things or crazy groups looking to do random plans that will cause havoc. Hmm. You're aware now that there is at least one type of uh, unseeable border between worlds. Uh, no, I've always been aware of that one. <laughs> always been aware of that one. This is where the kind of confusion takes place. She's probably speaking like a metaphorical thing. He's speaking of, that's why I walk. That's where you walk. <laughs> Alex, what do you think you are? Hmm. I want to know your theory. I don't think I'm 100% human. Was your, was, were your parents human? I don't know. Not fair, understandable. I don't know anything about them. Damn. <laughs> but considering I can walk between worlds, uh, explode people using stuff, magic, essentially. You talk, and as you talk, she starts staring, like, right in the center of your pupils, and, like, not looking through you, but studying something. Because usually there's a variable amount of eye contact. And this is prolonged, consistent, direct eye contact. Um, but she's she's still she's still listening. It's just, she, it looks like she's looking for something. I believe I can change um, people back if they were transformed by, by something. Do you have a glamour on you? That's what makes me appear different to other people, right? Like, a, yes. like an illusion of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's most noticeable in my eyes, honestly. Fair, understandable. Um, she uh, she pulls she pulls out a set of reading glasses and she says, "Take a look at this." Uh, and she uh, she flips them open and puts them on, and her eyes go to that more familiar brown color. Um, she says, uh, "This is uh, one of my newest ones, actually." Do you know about, do you understand the concept of a power dampener? Like, if you have too much power and you're worried about hurting people, there are objects that can kind of keep it uh, on a leash. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I've seen concepts of in other forms of, well, fiction and such. This is, these are, and she takes them back off, these are similar for that, um, but I don't actually need them right now. 
she puts them uh, she puts them back in her pocket. She says, "I'm not nearly as as uh, powerful uh, as I would l- not like to be because that amount of power would probably be incredibly draining and harmful." But uh, she says, "I don't need them yet." But is it a conscious glamour, or are you just have you always had it? Mm. Can you remove it? I've never actually tried. I become I became aware of it when I was younger. I never actually tried to remove it though. Mm. I think I may have put it almost maybe instinctually to survive after birth. I don't know. Makes know. sense. I'm not about to. Uh, I'm not about to ask you to do anything like that because that can be uh, an extreme shift that could uh, harm your mental well being. But if you are comfortable trying, I can. Um, and, and she says. Uh, I I, un- I understand if you uh, absolutely don't want to, and this is slightly related, slightly unrelated, but um, you have my personal promise that should anything happen, and in the future should anything happen, um, you can consider me a, a source of protection. I won't let anything happen to you. Alright. Alright. Roll. How do I turn it off? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would ex- expectfully uh, think that she would say that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you turn it off? How do I turn it off? I don't fucking know. <laughs> you're uh, just under, you're under like the, the over, the overhang of an elm tree. Um, and it's just, it's just like, okay, all right, fine. Definitely. I'll, I'll take the glamour down. You know how to take a glamour down? No fucking idea. I just put in a pair of glasses. So what, what would this be? This is probably going to be a plus cool, if only because a, a failure to this may fuck up your glamour. Ha! Fuck you. Okay. Eleven. So... I'm trying to think what... Basically what this means is you have complete control in that moment of how much of your glamour you want to take away as well. You do not have to show Margaret everything. And you don't necessarily have to show her the correct thing. Your form could be ever-shifting, ever-changing. Your glamour could be similar. But this will give you the option to just kind of like show if you don't want it to be what you look like definitively, a version of it. They are really tricky like that. If uh, You know, I mentioned that some of them don't even, like, bring themselves to a physical body, and they just remain a state of being. So it really is, like, it's, a, it's up to you what you feel like. What do you mean by, like, ever-shifting? Well, ever-shifting and ever-changing implies that because you're, you've got fey origins, um, you also have complications when it comes to your connection with reality, especially like how humans perceive reality. If these worlds are so different that the concept of passing in the wrong world reduces you to nothingness as a person also implies that Faye's perception of reality and your perception of uh, and another human's perception of reality isn't entirely aligned. It's almost like the concept of being able to see in 4D. We can't process that as people, but there could be beings that can and are. 
Um, but when it comes to looking into the fourth dimension, as far as I can remember, um, it would look constantly shifting and ever-changing. What that means is although you may have a permanent state and to other fae, they would be able to see and comprehend your permanent state, um, Margaret herself may not be able to see it in its entirety. This may just be a part of you, a face that you have. You could have multiple, not identities, but multiple masks that you put on. Well, technically, technically identities, according to the fact he has to change his name every time he gets a new job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Adam the Doctor. Yeah. It's important to note as well, this is lore that you don't have, but this is lore that you would probably volunteer. There's an entire world within the Fae that is technically connected to human reality. It's unaccessible by humans, uh, unless you go jump a lot of hoops. It doesn't have a regular name. The humans that do know about it, maybe I can count on one fucking hand how many, um, the humans that do know about it call it the diaphragm because its actual name is the sound and physical sensation of having uh, the air knocked out of your lungs. That sensation that you get when you get hit in the diaphragm and it causes your muscles to contract to where you can't inhale, that sound and feeling is the name of that world. And that's just one area within whatever and however big the Feylands are. Alright, so I think I like the idea of the ever-changing form. And you said there are some parts that she can't see, right? You are the controller of what she sees. But she cannot see you in your entirety. Well, and you you may not have been aware of it before, but you might know now, similar to how we can't see all um we can't see all wavelengths within like the spectrum of color. Fucking shrimp. Fucking shrimp. That's exactly what I referred to. We're not fucking shrimp. I'm not, um, I will not but be in jealous circu- of seafood. In this circumstance, you are shrimp looking at a non-shrimp and going, well, I'll show you. Maybe I'll show you all of me, but you can't see the radio waves. One of the things I want her to be able to see, just because I like the fascination of, of mm-hmm. before I point out, is his eyes. Because mm-hmm. I, I pointed that out before. Yeah. Bright, bright green. Yeah. Um. See, it's a little more difficult than I thought. Um, eyes. I don't know, because if I pick up part of the body, it should probably you can probably see the body itself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of a little weird if I pick the body, considering what I picked for the ever-changing form. Mm-hmm. It could also be that you don't necessarily reveal all of it. You could have just changed and shown off, like, your real eyes or a form of your real eyes. It doesn't have to be everything, especially since this is your first attempt at... Uh, removing something that has been there since you can remember. I... What? Yeah, no, I was just, uh, I was wondering if my uh, random uh, table had anything for this. My uh, my random table book. I don't, ha- I don't have a random encounter table. I have the random NPC table. I have the random NPC table in the back as well. I wanted to see if there was a table that could help me with this. It helped me with it too. Yeah. Hmm. Nothing? Uh, no, I was actually uh, rolling to see if it would have any sort of uh, negative or positive connotation because we don't necessarily have to use colors here. Um, so, 
the the more disappointing thing I think is going to be the fact that like you're not going to know what she sees because no I think you would um what she's going to see isn't necessarily what color your eyes are because as an afterthought your eyes were a lot of colors in that moment at the same time and somehow none at all um but we're working within the Fey realm, and Fey become more and more Eldritch as uh, the recorder keeps going, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure will be fine considering that this arc is the Fey arc. <laughs> but we're gonna roll on this dream table, and I'm gonna see what it comes up as. So, got what you were looking for. Okay. Um. Yes. I also so do, I do also do like the fact that she can't comprehend Alex. It makes me laugh. Um, At least this Marco can't right now. Yeah. yeah, the colors of your eyes don't really matter that much compared to um, the reaction that it instills when Margot looks at them, because she sees herself, and if you. you if you stay within that moment and you stay within that vision and instead of brushing it off, you really think about it and ascribe it to memory, you'll see it looks like it's a moment from her own life. Um, she's somewhere dark. It smells awful. She's scared. She's, um, it looks like she's got two other people with her. Uh, in fact, um, it was the, the man that entered the cab, Scott, and Dr. Robinson. Um, and there's, like, some sounds of gunshots. They're not at her, and they're not far away from her, um, and they're not coming from her. And from the perspective that you can see, you're mostly looking through her perspective, you see her back up in whatever sort of old run-down cavern that they're in. It's like a combination of a, a cavern and a church that's had stalactites grown all over it. Which one's the ones that hold on to the ceiling? It's stalactites, I'm calling it. Yeah, so... Everything um, goes black and white and bad. You, you hear those sounds, um, and you, you feel those feelings, and you know it's warm, and it's disgusting, and you're nauseous, and you're afraid, and you don't... You're, you're not just afraid, you're afraid because you're not used to feeling afraid. You're used to feeling in control. Um, and then you hear something, and you look up, and there are no words right now to describe what that thing is. Also indescribable. It's, it's not undescribable, but it is going to take quite a lot of time and focus to really piece together what this is, oh, especially since you only have about a second to see it before it comes down right on top of you. And that's the vision, and it's gone. And you you, you come back you come back into that um, because for you, that happened in the span of a second. A flicker of your uh, your glamour being removed and then run back on again like a swipe transition in PowerPoint. Um... And you see that Margaret has lost all of her color, um, and she she's like taken a taken a step back. Alex also uh, took a step back when he came back. Taken a step back and just is looking around a little bit, but not moving. Just trying to assess where she is right now, and remembering that she's in the courtyard. It's the middle of the day. It's November first, but it's like it's like sixty, so it's not as bad as it could be. And she's not there. That wasn't 
that wasn't something that just happened where she got put back. That was just a that was just a flashback. And you see her like take take a moment and then steady her breath and bring herself back into a regular posture. Alex can't quite do that um, as easily. Yeah. He's not used to that at all. You watch as this chronically overstressed sa- salaried secretary to the director of the Department of Energy does what she does best, which is hold it in. <laughs> She's a master of it. If she if she didn't get biffed, uh, she probably would have had a heart attack at like forty two. So that would have been in like four years. I'll hold, hold all my feelings in, and then eventually I'll die. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, day. something to mention as well. Um, she looks almost exactly the same age-wise as uh, when we see her in the future. And this is because, obviously, we know naturally um, she is going to get lost in the Fey world and be gone for eight Earth years, which means that she never a- aged the way she was supposed to. She stayed at about, I think, 38. I just pushed her off the fucking walkway in, the, in between worlds. You kick her in the little fucking hospital courtyard garden and hit the gritty. You know too much. <laughs> You've seen too much. Such flossing. Um, but she uh, she steadies herself. She says, "Uh, are you uh, are you are you alright?" What was that? I uh, I'm I'm very sorry. I if I had known something like that would have happened, I would have never asked. I I apologize that you had to see that. I, I saw we... it through you, I think. Oh, God. Ooh. I, I felt everything. That was a bad day. That was a bad day in a series of very, very bad weeks. Uh, possibly the, the worst moment of my life. <clears throat> Do you, um... I, I think you... I think this conversation is probably wrapping up, um, but if if you need rest or food or resources or anything, um, we can absolutely provide them. Or if you end up feeling that you want nothing to do with what we have established, I want you to know that I will not hold that against you at all. Um, there are things out there that... It, it sometimes it's just better for people not to know about them. All right, I'll um keep in contact. All right, I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to uh go uh catch up a little bit. Uh, but, uh, I'll probably also, she just touches, like, the the heel of her palm to her, uh, to her forehead for a second, just trying to figure out what her next fucking move is, and she says, uh, no, I, 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 I need to go talk to someone, uh, Um, and she's gonna, she's, she's gonna, uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Did you at least figure anything out from that? Um, for what it's worth, you have marvelous looking eyes thank you for that mm-hmm. something yeah um i know this was uh possibly one of the worst things that uh could have happened for something like this but um 
I do think you are still rather remarkable. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be af- afraid of what you might be. Although it, it would be very easy to be, especially if I were in your position. Um, it, it would, I've... <sighs> you said you came with other people and you had uh, worked with the, um, the, the Alicia and uh, someone else Alicia had brought. Um, yes. And the twins. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know where any of them went? Because it seems like they left before you did because of the extent of your injuries. Well, unfortunately, we didn't exchange numbers or anything. Not only that, but I only just met them there and I wasn't exactly in my best mental state. Um, alright, Dr. Robinson said that... Dr. Robinson said that the only one that was hurt worse than you is... And he's still in there. Um... I appreciate having this conversation. Uh, obviously, the offer stand stands that if you need anything, I can give that to you and help you with it. But I think right now I need to go cool down. Um, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> uh, salute. She's gonna. She's gonna head into the hospital. Adios. Yeah. <laughs> Sayonara. Um, uh, Alicia comes over and she says, "Okay, I said Cammy's parents home, and it looks like everything's good with the." Are you okay? Hey, 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 what happened? She, her voice gets really low and really soft, and she's just, like, I, not sure what to say. I, I, I don't know. Okay, okay, that's okay. Uh, hey. Yeah? Do you want to take a walk? If you need time to yourself, I understand, um, but, uh, I haven't been to Southern California in ever, considering I usually live in Ohio. Um, sure. Okay, alright, great, fantastic. Ow. That hurt. You're asleep when it happens. Um, it's not necessarily that you revisit the vision, because it's not the same as it was before. Um, you feel like the air has gotten heavier within it, and you feel like you are outside of it. Um, as you can see, no longer that you are within the vision of Margaret, but within the vision of someone who, uh, didn't look like it was there before. Like, you're watching this now, and you can see her, but everything feels slowed down. Time has moved in a way that gives you the chance to actually take in this situation for what it is. You're in an underground, what looks to be, could have been a chapel. Um, There's a river that flows underneath it um, that uh, had the smell not filled the entire uh, area. You would have recognized that the smell was coming from that. But that's not water. There's no fucking way that's water that's flowing in there. It doesn't move like water. It doesn't look like water. It looks so much worse, like a, like an, like an oil slick, but less, less tar colored, more, more light, more yellow. Um, and you also realize that the thing that is up above had been crawling. Um, it had moved from one of the open caverns 
um, that had not yet been explored and gone up over the wall while everyone was still reeling um, and moved up along the stalactites and had settled itself and reoriented it. And you see something that is vaguely cone-shaped. It has skin all over it. It grows little bits and pieces, kind of like the way, uh, kind of like the way leaves would grow off of a branch or pine needles would, uh, would form jointed fingers. Uh, not only that, but there are bits of metal poking out of it. It's some surgical tools, some look like bits of construction equipment. Many, many pieces look like titanium blades. <laughs> um, and the worst part of it is some of those pieces, some of those metal pieces and some of those fingers are helping it move as if they were spider legs, with the exception of they, they center all the way around um, what you now realize is the opening of this thing, which is at the, the, the cone bottom, at the base, um, that move in like a... Oh, God. It's disgusting. And it's got a giant mouth underneath of it that only begins to open right around the time that you hear Scott unload his gun into it and watch as those bullets just... And he, it doesn't react at all. And you see that Margaret does take those steps back, very, very similar to how you saw her react when she saw that vision. And then she looks up, and it drops down. And its base hits the ground completely before it gets up and it takes off, and she's not there anymore. And you wake up. You have the awful smell of burning something within your nose, but you are back to where you were before. Um, and you have a distinct sort of vertigo, uh, like a seasickness. You're also aware of something new, and um, this might be, before you take the Mentats, a fun <laughs> new little side effect of the Mentats, considering you're not tolerant to it yet. Science is weird. Magic isn't quite controllable. Things can fuck up all the time. You have a new fear. You have a fear of the ocean. You've never had a fear of the ocean, but considering um, where you are right now, uh, and considering everything that's happened, um, you feel, even though you don't have a reason why, like it is entirely justified. Because it is not a fear of what is in the ocean right now, or it... It's not a fear as though what you saw was related to the ocean. You have a fear that something's going to happen. And you know it's related to the ocean. Uh, I have to ask because of what this is. I have given you all the <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just mechanically, I wanted to explain I know, it. and I appreciate that. However, this is... Well, I gotta ask some... Yeah. Sometimes when your emotions are riding high, your powers activate on their own, and this is really a good thing. This is, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, so. And, and I, I also imagine my technicality, his glamour goes bad. Considering I was looking at it, and it says, right here, mm -hmm. 
If you stay calm, you can maintain an illusion of humanity. So, I think it would be nice to play it out a little bit. That's what I was thinking. Because everybody's not going to start becoming a group until Margaret actually has a conversation with everyone. Because there's another important thing that kind of... I I forgot to bring up, but got brushed aside. Scott came down to finally get confirmation on whether or not Margaret had gotten this out of her system. And I don't mean any sort of magic. Scott doesn't want this program going. You guys are not going to necessarily have the resources of the Department of Energy. Margaret's going to have them, and she's going to try and peter out what she can. But what that means is this group is going to form incognito, undercover, and against the permission of the Department of Energy and the U.S. government. Anarchy. But that's the conversation that she has to have before everyone can, you know, decide what they want to do with that. So right now you are alone. Johannes isn't with you guys anymore, although he did make sure to check in on you when he had heard you were discharged. Um, in fact, I would imagine you and Alicia just kind of ran into him. Um, and he knows well enough about Hidden Depths to know that you just needed to enjoy yourself. But you right now, unfortunately, and maybe maybe this is why, because I don't know if you often sleep next to another person or if you try to sleep, like, not in groups, but, like, the way that some people get hotel rooms, like, next to each other. If you try to sleep in a way that means that if you had to get access to somebody, somebody would be there. You are remote, and you wake up, and you still have the smell of you don't want to say the word but it smells like burning skin. And you sit up. What happens? Would you like to roll for intensity or damage? Because <laughs> this is just a move that was described as something that happens, but now we have to get into the specifics of it. Well, I'm only, I'll use three die. Okay. I'll use this one to like, odd intensity, even damage. Because you said which one I want. Even even as even as straight damage, odd is more of a vague intensity. Okay, so will this one die to tell me which one this will be? That's a one. Okay, so a one that's damage. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so when I kick some ass, is, is this what my plus weird? Because it's my powers. Uh, yes. That's an eleven. Okay, so on an eleven, it's not gonna be good. On an eleven, I I I never said it was gonna do damage to you. This is also why I, I imagine, this actually. is also why I specified that you were alone. You wake up to ash and dust. It was either that or Skyrim. I apologize. Oh, I'm no. finally awake. How 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 much of a fucking I brush my chin and I slap my, my nuts. nuts. Um, how, how amazing would it have been? I wish I had remembered retroactively, like, Margot sees a vision within you as your glamour, as your glamour fades for one moment, and it just, like, it's a fucking skyline and says, Bethesda presents. (laughs) (laughs) She opens her eyes. Alex, I question, you're finally awake. (laughs) Hey, you, go on back there. Oh God! Okay. Got caught trying to cross the worlds. 
Oh, Lord. I don't know what space you picked exactly. I don't know exactly the flavoring of it. But you had a burst of energy. It wasn't energy that you were conscious to control. Um, I would even compare it to a night terror. But you wake up, and everything around you is destroyed. Whether it's a vast miracle that no one was in the building at that time, or the fact that you picked a cottage in the middle of fucking nowhere, that the owners themselves had said, well, this is just a cottage we have. We actually have a different home that we stay in. You wake up, and everything is destroyed. You're on the ground. You don't know, like, the, the bed's somewhere 50 feet off, and you are on, like, a, I'll say a cliffed coastline. And you can hear the waves from the water below that cliff line rush up and just crash against those rocks the way they have been all night. Um, and you feel sick to your stomach, but you are unharmed. And maybe this is because of what your conscious brain is aware of. It may be because you had, uh, you had a, a brief glimpse into the future and you remembered exactly how unlucky you can be. You put yourself in a situation where no one was harmed. That being said, <coughs> nothing like this has ever happened before. <laughs> I was gonna look around for his bag. And whatever he can find of his stuff, he's going to put in the bag. Okay. I'll let, you ga- I'll let you gather that up. And then he's going to get out of here quick. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna uh, run down in the opposite direction of where um. He's the... going to his car. Yeah, fair. You're gonna run down. Da- you're gonna run down to your car and drive off before anyone else can notice. It it looks like it based on um if it's November November second something or just early November in general. It looks like you got out just before dawn, so it might be like six thirty six five a.m. Um, you're not sure. Um, but it's it's early enough. That you are able to get out of there without uh, anyone calling out to you, uh, and you peel off down the uh, the road that goes opposite from the ocean and the coastline uh, inward towards land as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was probably gonna go to like some place for breakfast that's open early at this point. If he if he's gonna be miserable, he might as well be miserable with food in his stomach. His main concern was getting out of the area first, so... I'm gonna let you have a a calm rest of the day, considering what just happened. Um, yes, you have uh, a bit, uh, a bit of, a little bit more insight into, um, what that thing was. Um, you now have a fear of the ocean, um, which is honestly, uh, you don't know how related that is, but considering everything that's been going on, I think, uh... I think, uh, you removing your glamour, maybe it's not that. Maybe this is just, like, one of Alex's theories. You removing your glamour has reminded the universe that, regardless of what time it is, that despite the fact that it is the past, and maybe you don't remember that it's the past specifically, but that, um, time doesn't matter to the forces that have their hands on your neck, that the universe has a contract with you, and you tried to escape it by going back, and you can't do that. 
And you revealing yourself has given the universe a chance to find you. And it's here again. You stare into whatever food you got, whatever diner or diner plate it got served on, <clears throat> as things that don't make any sense to you, Alex, in the past, come rushing in, uh, in just a wave of emotions that don't quite have names, other than maybe uh, a very specific type of dread that... Uh, it's re- it really is nameless. It is nameless and it is speechless. Uh, and it's confusing because you have no context for it. All you have is a foreboding sense that nothing is going to be the same as it was before. And that things have just become a lot harder for you. You also get a phone call. She looks up the name. It's Alicia. He picks up. Hey, 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 guess who bought a new phone? This one's $50 instead of 40 But funny enough, still the same phone. I just have to pay more for it now. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Well, what's going on, champ? Uh, nothing. Okay. Uh, just a bad dream. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's not your fault. No one can really prevent that. Yeah. Well, um... I kind of just called the call, although I will say, um, Margo's thinking about having a little bit of a celebratory dinner for you guys, um, and, uh, she wanted me to reach out to you to see if you wanted to kind of come by. I think she feels a little bit bad. She talked with a couple of the others. Um, no pressure. Um, but I, uh, I... I did get you something, just, you know, because I know the, the other gift was basically just, a basically just more ingestibles, so I thought maybe this, this would be, it would be better to get something that wasn't, uh, consumable. Alright, um, what is it? Or do you want to meet up, or? Um, yeah, let me, uh, uh, yeah, because I, I definitely, I wouldn't want to do it right before, um, I'll give it to you. Uh, and then we can head there. Yeah, sure. Wee! Okay. <laughs> I guess this is, yeah, I guess this is Alicia's personality now. <laughs> but, uh, she says, uh, okay, well, um, I, uh, I hope you get some rest. Uh, I have text messaging now. Uh, I have a better keyboard with this one. Um, and if you need anything, give me a ring. Um, yeah, thanks. Okay. I, I will. Gotta go. Bye. 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 Click. Eggs are getting cold, my guy. Huh? Your eggs are getting cold, my guy. This is me at the DM. <laughs> you keep staring at him. <laughs> right down. Right down into it. His face just goes down. All you see is. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Oh the yolk. Oh the yolk. <laughs> After he takes the napkin, just kind of whips his face off. <laughs> Everyone in the diner just not like making eye contact with you. Just like you, you, you like you go to ask for the check, and they're like, "Just you can just you, it's on the house. You can get it. <laughs> please, please leave." <laughs> He's going to call Margaret. 
Oh, okay. All right. Understandable. It's a bring thing, bring thing, bring thing, bring thing. Uh, she is going to answer. I'm trying to figure out what state she'd be in right now, because it's like early morning. Picks up the phone and says, "Oh, oh, oh, bonjour. Good morning." Hey. Um, couple things. For starters, if you hear anything about a place, about some place being destroyed, ignore it. Okay. Did you have any other dreams lately? About that creature? Or anything like it? Um, if you're referring to recently, um, not dreams. Uh, I don't sleep that often and I don't sleep that much, but uh, my, my sleep recently has been rather dull. I I won't lie and say that it didn't affect me. Um, I have been having, I would say, probably waking nightmares about it, but did something happen? Did you see it again? I saw something worse. Mm. It's, it was like it, but everything was clearer, slowed down. Mm. So you saw it from a perspective other than mine? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you right now? I'm most have a diner at the moment. Okay, alright. Uh what's the name of the diner? Are you just like it's it's just the some like it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah. some casual diner. She's like, Okay, alright. So I'm gonna send want someone to go come get you, alright? Yeah. Okay. She says, uh, because what this implies, especially if you saw it from another perspective could be something rather extraordinary and dangerous, and I think it might be better now than later to put in some of the protections I've been preparing. I think when I removed my glamour, something incredibly bad happened. Mm. Long story short, I think something very bad found me, and I can't really go too much into detail about it, because I don't know. So... Outside of the diner, you can't see it, but there's a portal that begins to open up. It's uh, it's similar to like I would say like the the portals that Raven would conjure in Teen Titans. It's a swirling mass of purple and black with a little bit more sparkle within it, and it opens up, and you see a man step out of it. He's got slightly regal garments, although they are a bit more. Skin revealing than others, and I have the need for some boots part coming on. Next to him, uh, by his feet, uh, coming out only a moment later, is a large black panther with silver-covered eyes that comes around and moves around his feet. He's holding something in his hand, and he walks out of that portal. And you can see him down the road. Towards a royal cola dispensary. 